As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Good Dog Podcast once again. I'm Joanne Green, and today we're going to be talking about retired greyhounds, and in particular, retired greyhounds as pets. My guest is Ken Martin. He's a spokesperson for Michigan Regap. Regap is an acronym for Retired Greyhounds as Pets. He also is a foster parent to a greyhound right now, and I'm sure other greyhounds at other times, and owns three of his own. So welcome, Ken. Great to have you on the show. Well, thanks for having me. You know, it's interesting. Many of us have, um, we, we joke around about that phrase, oh, I work like a dog, and, and then we think, you know, I look at my dog, and she doesn't get a whole lot of work done. Mostly her life is about playing and sleeping and eating and loving and licking and all of that. Um, but the fact is there are some dogs and some breeds of dog um, that have always worked um, throughout history. And one of those breeds, of course, is the greyhound. I mean, they have been trained historically to run at unbelievable speeds, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, greyhounds uh, uh, have, since ancient times, back uh, to biblical times, actually, have been known as racing dogs, and in fact, uh, in the King James Version of the Bible, uh, a greyhound is the only breed specifically mentioned. Now, are, is that because they are just uniquely uh, built for speed, that, because they're just so fast? Absolutely. I mean, they've been bred uh, by design uh, to be fast dogs. Uh, I'm not sure where evolution takes over, uh, or where evolution left off and people take over, but uh, at some point in time, uh, you know, their speed became... Uh, uh, something that folks wanted to exploit, uh, you know, for the sake of racing and hunting. I live in a part of the country where um, we don't really have dog racing, as far as I know, but I grew up in um, the Boston area, and I remember as a child my dad going to the dog track. How many dog tracks exist in the United States today? Is it as prevalent as it used to be? No, it's not. Uh, there are about 50 tracks in 15 states. Uh, most states don't allow greyhound racing. Uh, some never have. Uh, some have since banned it. But uh, it is, it's definitely a, a sport, if, if you choose to call it a sport, that's uh, 
that's um, I guess seeing the end of its days, according to according to the Humane Society of the United States and other folks who keep track of this kind of thing. And is that because it's particularly cruel to the animals? Uh, I think that's part of it. Um, there's more of an awareness of what happens to the dogs once their racing careers are done. Um, but some of it, I think, is just a trend in gambling. I mean, it, it's just it's it's just old, and uh, it's something that a lot of people associate with uh, with uh, you know the the fifties and sixties. Uh, it's just I and I really can't explain the uh, the lack of appeal today, but I can tell you that um, statistically. Um, Greyhound racing, according again, according to the Humane Society of the United States, uh, it accounts for one percent of gambling proceeds uh, today yearly in the country. So that's not much, really. I wouldn't think that it's fun for the greyhounds themselves to race. Well, they like to run, uh, so you know that aspect of it is is, is fun, I suppose. But uh, they run every fourth day typically, and a race lasts about thirty seconds. So that's not a lot of exercise. <laughs> but what is the problem then? What happens after they retire? Well, uh, the sad fact is that a, a vast majority of them are just put down. Uh, some are sold into research. Uh, some are adopted to groups like ours. Uh, but uh, most of them are put down. And why is that? Uh, well, there, there are more, there's just not as many homes as there are racing greyhounds. It's that simple. Um, what kind of numbers are we talking about of, of greyhounds uh, again, that Again, I'm going to refer to the Humane Society of the United States um, uh, is, uh, is sort of the, the, the tracker of this. Uh, and they're... Their, their numbers, their estimation is wide, but um, the, la- the latest figures I could find were from 2003, and the estimation is uh, uh, 7,500 to 20,000 dogs were euthanized that year after their racing careers. That's astounding. I know. It really is. I mean, it's, uh, I-, I think that as people learn that, that uh, the industry uh, produces animals, which are then just basically disposed of, that uh, uh, that's one of the reasons why the racing industry is on the wane. So, are there organizations like yours? Uh, yours is Regap in Michigan, the retired greyhounds as pets. I-, I checked. I did a Google search on this, and I know there are other different kinds of greyhound rescue organizations in other states. That's true. Uh, in fact, I mean, right here in Michigan, uh, there are. It, well, right here in the metro area, the metro Detroit area, there are. Uh, uh, four or five other uh, racing, or I'm sorry, uh, rescue groups. Uh, Some are adamantly opposed and publicly vocally opposed to racing, and others uh, remain neutral on the topic. Uh, But there are are lots of adoption organizations around, and I would imagine that uh, you'd you'd find that in most states. How does one go about adopting a greyhound if they're so moved by our conversation today? Well, uh, I, I guess the first thing I would do, depending on where they live, I would, I would go, I would do exactly what you said. I would, I would just, I would search for a group online, and find one uh, near my home, and I would uh, contact them. Most of them have websites nowadays, so you can go and read and read up on it. And and a fair amount of of the organizations have uh, adoption applications right online that you can fill out. And is there much of a fee to adopt a greyhound? Well, our fee is two twenty-five, uh, which is actually tax deductible because we are a, a nonprofit group with the appropriate uh, legal status. So uh, we—it's really a donation to us if you adopt a dog and you can write it off. Um, and, and I would imagine that that's fairly consistent, uh, at least in the in, in, in Metro Detroit. I'm not—I can't speak for uh, what the fees would be around the country, 
with a, again, it's two twenty-five, basically for the younger dogs. Seniors, we give a discount to. We have some older dogs that have been returned to us or that have come to us later in life, or sometimes we pull them on the dog pounds. You know, they escape and no one reclaims them. Those dogs tend to be a little older, and uh, we we offer a discount uh, for those dogs because you're not going to have a dog for its full life. And what what are we talking about? Tell me about the the temperament and the nature of of these greyhounds who've started out their lives as racers. Well, I'll tell you what, a lot of people, uh, when we go around doing meet and greets uh, at, at, at uh, pet stores and at uh, festivals and whatnot, uh, they think that the dogs are really high-strung. That is the biggest misconception that we encounter. Uh, and they're really not. Uh, they're, they're, a lot of times people compare them to cats because they do a lot of laying around. <laughs> right now, all my dogs are just laying. I mean, they're just, you know, sprawled out on the dog beds and one's on the couch. Yeah, we were sort of hoping for a little bark here or there. Well, if uh, <laughs> if there's some noise outside a car door slams or something, you might hear a few barks. But... Yeah, Lulu didn't even follow me downstairs into the studio this time. Usually she sits right here when I do these interviews, but um, she's asleep somewhere, too. So well, it's, it's that uh, time it's... of the day, right? <laughs> yeah, most, you know, most animals sleep most of the time. <laughs> so greyhounds are no different. In fact, they probably sleep a little more. Um, we call them 45-mile-an-hour couch potatoes because that's what they do. I mean, they're, they're capable of, of hitting those speeds within, within seconds, but they can't keep that up forever. They're sprinters. They're not marathon runners. Um, but most of the time, they prefer to lay around, and they don't need a lot of exercise either. That's the other Oh, that's thing. interesting. That's a misconception, I'm sure. Yeah, they assume that, oh, these dogs love to run, so I have to you know, be a jogger or something. You don't have to be. Uh, our, we have a very small backyard, and to to get in the right exercise, we just walk the dogs twice a day, uh, and that's in the morning enough. And, and after work, and uh, and that's really enough. Yeah. And they have very sweet dispositions, don't they? Yeah, they're 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 very uh, 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 sort of docile animals, and um, and they're they're very sensitive too. Um, they just basically they just want they just want love, and when they find a forever home, they know they're in a better place. At least that's what we think. We all feel that way, right? Yeah, I hope so. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and 1,000 euro cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. So, Ken, tell me about um, physical problems. Do do they have any sort of, I mean, I think about, you know, what running, if I were to run 45 miles per hour, what my shin splints would look like, what my hips would look like. Um, how are they? Yeah, uh, you know, you know they they don't have like a like a predisposition like uh hip dysplasia in some dogs they don't have anything like that um there are two there are two um uh i don't even want i don't want to call them genetic problems but uh there are two things that you have to be wary of with greyhounds and one is that because they're long boned dogs they we see a lot of dogs eventually succumb to bone cancer in their elder in their older years um, and secondly, their teeth are pretty bad. Um, they have to have their teeth cleaned, I would say, on average once a year, whereas other dogs, they seem to have better teeth. And we're not sure uh, right now if that's, uh, if that's uh, 
uh, a genetic issue or if that's basically because they're fed pretty poor diets when they're on the track that may not li- uh, that may not lead to full uh, tooth development. It's a thesis for some veterinary uh, student, I imagine, someday down the line. There you go. Are there other dogs that have been raced over the years, or do greyhounds hold a monopoly on this? Well, you know, greyhounds are sight hounds, um, it, which means that, you know, they, that when they see something, they want to chase it. And there are lots of sight hounds. Um, there are Afghan hounds, Borzois, Whippets, uh, Irish Wolf hounds, Salukis. Those are all, in other breeds as well, are all sight hounds. Um, and I imagine that it, probably at one point in time, uh, you know, all of these dogs have raced in some form. But as far as as far as organized racing in in, in this country, uh, it's greyhounds. Greyhounds are king, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I, and that, I think that's basically because they're the fastest. Um, when you you know, they're short hair, short breed, short hair breed dogs. Which means that they're they're more sleek. They, there's less wind resistance than, say, a long-haired dog. Oh, they're aer- aerodynamically amazing, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's correct. Now, is there such a thing as a fat greyhound? Well, if you overfeed them, they'll get fat. I've but... never seen such a thing. Right? They're always I so have. sleek. <laughs> oh, I bet I have. you have. <laughs> but it's not like your standard black lab, right? Where you have to struggle not to get a fat dog. <laughs> no, I would say that. Yeah, that's. That's pretty accurate. All right. So I would think um, as someone who's involved with this organization, it would it would partly be your mission to try to convince dog lovers out there, of which I'm delivering you many here, um, you know, really try to convince people to consider adopting a greyhound, yeah? Yeah, we, we do, um, although we realize that, uh, just like any breed, uh, the, a greyhound is not for everyone. Um, there are certain things that, that we caution against, um, one of those would be that our group asks, requests, or almost, I'd say, I guess I should say requires that you do not let your dog off-leash at any time. Unless you are, of course, when you're in the house or when you're in an enclosed area, like a, you know, a big yard or maybe a ball diamond or, or a fenced-in dog park. Because no matter, the, you know, even, even the older dogs, they see something they want to chase, they're going to chase it. And you cannot keep up with them, huh? No, you can't. And, and part of the issue, too, is that um, it's instinct that they just chase it until they catch it. Now, that, that means, you know, no stopping for cars, <laughs> no stopping, uh, you know, to look both ways before they cross the street. Yeah, you know, they have a single, a single uh, mission in mind at that moment. Right, and they're, they're obviously their, their eyesight is incredibly keen. So, um, you know, and, it, and it's all kinds of things, rodents, rabbits, uh, paper bags blowing in the wind. <laughs> you yeah, name it, right? their eye, and they want to see it, and they want to chase it, you know. Gotcha. And then they, and uh, it's instinct, right? They go right back to their roots, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to that genetic conditioning. Any other um, cautionary uh, words? Well, um, it, this is um, sort of, it's sort of a, I guess, a group-by-group group and sometimes a case-by-case case basis, but uh, um, some, fo- some groups don't like to adopt to too young of children. Um, greyhounds startle easy when they're sleeping. If, if you were to step on a dog uh, or or fall on the dog, uh, you know you could be bitten. And uh, with kids who don't maybe listen to their parents as well as they should, or that are too just too young to actually comprehend that, um, you know that could happen. And in fact, when we do have a return dog, that is often the case. Uh, Oh, my child uh, fell on the dog, and the dog bit my kid. Now my kid's afraid, so I got to get rid of the dog. We hear that all the time. So, who would be the most ideal um, t- 
type of dog owner to adopt a greyhound? Oh, I would say it's. It, I would say it's. Well, I don't even know if I could find an ideal. I mean, uh, you know, folks with older kids or folks with no kids, or I mean, it's just. I, I guess the only exclusionary aspect that I would throw on there would be, you know, really young children. Um, if you live, if you were to live in an apartment or a condo with no fence, you would have to walk your dog all the time. And if you're not prepared to do that, then uh, we would encourage you to seek another breed. I see. But generally speaking, they're friendly, great family dogs. Absolutely. I mean, you can't you can't say that every single every single dog of any breed is is going to be exactly as I tell you. Uh, but generally speaking, they're 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 sensitive, loving, friendly, fun all that kind of stuff. Great. So your chapter of um, REGAP, the Michigan REGAP, serves the Detroit area, but also up into parts of Canada, right? Yeah, we have a fair amount of foster homes uh, in the Windsor area, uh, as well as throughout the greater metropolitan Detroit. And, and I should mention that, that the foster home network is really important. Um, when the dogs come off the track, uh, they are put into a foster home where they can learn the rigors of a house, because keep this in mind that when a dog at a track does not know what a window is, so until they have sort of a, an acclimation to household life, they're going to clunk in or run through the window or the screen. Um, they don't. They, there are no stairs on a track, so the dogs have to be trained to climb up and down stairs. Furthermore, um, when when we get a, when we get dogs off the track, one of the first things that Regap does is have the dog spay or neuter. And the foster home sort of acts as a recuperation station for that dog until they're up and ready to go. We also clean their teeth, and we have any parasites that may be on the dog removed. That could be anything from ticks and fleas to uh, you know, internal parasites like worms. So now we're getting a sense of where that couple hundred dollars goes. Exactly. I mean, most of it is, it, well, I, I shouldn't even say most. All of it is to vet care. Um, our foster homes provide, obviously, the sanctuary of a house uh, plus dog food, uh, and REGAP incurs the cost of the medical. Uh, so when a dog is adopted, uh, they, uh, the adopter has a completely healthy dog. Excellent. And why don't you give our, your website for people who may be interested? And as we mentioned earlier, there are many other greyhound rescue or retired greyhound organizations, certainly throughout the United States, perhaps throughout the world. I think that's true. Uh, there are there's uh, there are, there is racing in Spain. There's racing in Australia. There's racing in Ireland and England and other places. Um, and uh, all of those dogs need homes. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, we would encourage anyone to to, uh, to consider adapting a greyhound if they're looking for uh, a breed. Excellent. Ken, thanks so much for being on Good Dog today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Sure. And thanks to all of you for listening to Good Dog today. I don't know if you remember this, but it's the only podcast with an embedded audio channel that only dogs can hear. Hey, also, if you like what you hear on Good Dog, please, I beg of you, Write a review on iTunes. So far, so good in that department, but we could use a few more comments because we want to let more and more people know about the Good Dog Podcast. Please send an email out to your friends or let them all know. We would absolutely love to have them as listeners as well. And finally, love to hear from you directly. In fact, the reason I did this show is that I heard from uh, someone who has a retired greyhound in the state of Maine. 
So it works. Send an email to gooddog at smarterpodcast.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.